Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to Timer Begg, Managing Director and Chief Economist at DBS Bank Group Research. Timer, it seems like investors and economists now are, are sort of coming to grips with the notion that growth is slowing more than what we expected, earnings need to be revised down, and stock prices uh, probably need to be revised lower as well. Your thoughts on the general movement at the moment? Good morning from Singapore. Yeah, I think that the last couple of months, there was this hope that we could get a Goldilocks scenario where growth slows, but just a little bit. Inflation slows uh, to deter the Fed from being uber hawkish. And that combo somehow bails the global economy out from a very tight spot. I think the last three weeks, ever since Chair Powell made his rather tough uh, Jackson Hole remarks, uh, the shifts in market sentiment are palpable globally. Whatever is happening in the U.S., we and the rest of the world are taking cues from it, and the cues are almost entirely negative, both with respect to the Federal Reserve's desire to keep rates high for a prolonged period of time, and the tolerance for sustainably lower-than-trend growth for that duration. So that means both from a cost-of-funding perspective as well as demand-for-your-product perspective, things are going to be progressively worse going forward, and we're seeing that reckoning happening around the world. Well, Timer, this is Stephen Engel here. So how far will the Fed go this week and the other 11 central banks which make rate decisions? Stephen, we're not that different from the consensus because the Fed has been very clear in its communication. So I think what we have heard from Fed governors over the last month or so make it pretty clear that they're basically entertaining a 75 basis points rate hike. And I think it'll be a unanimous decision. We've seen a few dissensions in the past. I think both the hawkish members of the Fed, as well as the dovish members of the Fed, all would be on the same page for this particular meeting. We expect another 75 basis points in rate hike in the next two meetings, meaning 15 in November and 25 in December. Mm. That'll take us to 4% terminal rate. The rest yep. of the world will not match the Fed one for one, but they would have to hike. So for example, you were talking about it the ECB earlier, we see 200 basis points of rate hike on their plate as well. It's tough stuff. It really is. Uh, and a whole lot of catchy phrases sort of pop into one's mind. Uh, Powell to his wife, honey, I shrank the economy. And uh, for the Fed itself, be careful what you wish for. However, I note that Larry Summers giving some intellectual backing saying the Fed has never you know, gotten it wrong in, in over-tightening. I, I think people would argue with him. Uh, your thoughts? I think that we need to think about the global dimension. Uh, the past Fed hike cycles have been difficult for the U.S. economy. It's been extremely difficult for the rest of the world. And what is different from now and, let's say, the Volcker days is that you could have a substantial Fed tightening, slowing the U.S. economy down, slowing inflation down, 
And in a year or two, it all seems like a very, very good, smart thing to do. But today, the U.S. economy is not as large as it was relative to global GDP as it was in the 80s. Today, the rest of the world matter more on the margin. And therefore, U.S. tightening, if it spills over in the rest of the world, it would come back to bite the U.S. earnings uh, uh, back because a very large chunk of U.S. company earnings are now coming from the rest of the world. Timor, let's... Um switch gears and talk about Asia. Uh, obviously, China seems to be going in a different direction. They probably need to have some more easing in store, given that the economy has been sputtering along. Uh, you know, really, as we just heard from Erica talk about, you know, the COVID zero policies locking down and now being lifted in Chengdu. But how much more easing do you expect out of China? Or on the monetary side, simply because the uh, the Chinese RMB is a question mark. Uh, if trade starts to weaken around global softening and we have the PBOC cutting rates, uh, what does it mean for the currency outlook for China, especially when you have Chinese property developers and other parts of the corporate sector heavily indebted, not just to domestic creditors, but also to external creditors? So the debt crisis that's been brewing in China would not necessarily find any relief if the RMB were to weaken around sustained cuts from the PBOC. So they need to take care of their banking system. They need to help the property sector, but probably not through outright substantial rate cuts from the PBOC, but more through targeted measures to help debt restructuring, to help work out between banks and property developers. Uh, and also on the fiscal side, we probably will see quite a bit of work. So it won't be the heavy lifting done by the Fed, uh, by, the, by the PBOC, the way it's been done by the Fed, but more by a broader range of government agencies to support the economy. Do you see any scope for governments around the world to cooperate on perhaps um, you know, some sort of intervention on currencies to stabilize them? My answer would have been no a month ago, but I think we have reached the level, especially with the yen's disorderly uh, depreciation, that room for some degree of talk among central bank authorities has come. We are less than a month away from the IMF meetings, and there would be chance for all of these deputies from the key global economies to meet on the sidelines and talk about the very basic point that a very large rate hike by the U.S. leads to very large U.S. dollar depreciation, which then manifests into global market currency unrest, as well as tightening of financial conditions, which in turn hurts the U.S. back. So therefore, maybe the U.S. doesn't need to be so gung-ho because it need needs to consider the global ramifications and what that means for the U.S. in return. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the stars are aligning for that. It looks as though Japanese authorities have been jawboning a floor to the yen's fall uh, at about 145. It's now 142.83 as I speak. Uh, do you see the, you know, if it creeps back down to 145, will there be intervention? I think the room for further jawboning is certainly there. Uh, there will be nothing done in terms of interest rate hikes. Uh, that's out of the question as for the BOJ is concerned. In Japan, it's a peculiar arrangement where the Minister of Finance is in charge of FX intervention. And I, I think that you know they are heading into that territory where there are concerns about financial instability, there are concerns about Japan's trade deficit heading into ever greater uh, numbers uh, that would necessitate some degree of action. Whether it is just verbal or actual intervention, we'll have to see. I mentioned that Larry Summers, the former Treasury Secretary, was 
offer he was really calling for a speed and alacrity but do do you, do you see much scope for patience maybe because a lot of these rate cuts i mean rate hikes have not been felt yet in the economy and yet people are, are getting very nervous uh, could patience help i think that the fed feels that they were a bit behind the curve and they need to really establish or rather reestablish their uh, tough credentials as far as monetary policy and anchoring inflation expectations is concerned. And they, I think the view is that the U.S. economy underlying fundamentals is still pretty strong. There aren't pockets of leverage or asset price dislocation that could undermine the rate high trajectory that is being communicated. I think what is lacking right now is an appreciation of the impact on the rest of the world and what that means for the U.S. All right. Timer Beg, uh, MD and Chief Economist at DBS Bank Group Research. Thanks so much for your time and your insight. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.